Game Cola faithful, and welcome to the Game Cola podcast. This is podcast number 163, and as always, you don't have to pay. It's always free. And I am your host and podcast commander, Joseph Martin, joined by... I am Blue, and you can give me money if you want to. I am James, and I'm not around long enough for people to give me money. That didn't well, rhyme. Uh, I, Was it supposed to rhyme? I mean, ours did. <laughs> and I don't understand the implications. What? Do, How are, do you? Are you dying? Are you turning? Oh, I don't know. About to die. <laughs> All right, let in me. The next few let minutes? me. <laughs> try try something with let names. Me, let me try names, that again. Names is a good rhyme. Let me try that again. <laughs> okay. I am James, and I play video games. Got it. Perfect. First Perfect. try. Acceptable. Nailed it. <laughs> could have, there could have been a little more creativity there. Yeah, I'm being honest. I, like, what can I say? I'm not the creative type. Um. Anyways, how about those video games, huh? They exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we talked about them a lot in a big award ceremony that happens every year, didn't we? The Game Cola Awards. Yeah. yeah. Yes, the ones that happen <laughs> all the time in December, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Every December. The Game Call Awards <laughs> for the Uninitiated uh, always occur in the middle of the year because it takes us an extra six months to actually play some video games that released the year before. <laughs> exactly. Um, so the ones we are talking about are the Game Awards, named as such because there are no other big ones that could be mistaken f- for it at this current time. Mm-hmm. We don't have a fun name Right? Like, what, you got the Oscars, you got the Emmys, there's probably some other ones that I can't think of right now. The Razzies. The Piston Cup. No, not that one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but we just have the Game Awards. It's not even the Video Game Awards. The Game Awards. Yeah. Yeah. what What are they gonna do when, like, people at chess do something cool? Yeah. What happens? Like, well, yeah. (laughs) When will Monopoly win? Yeah, I was about to say. (laughs) When is Monopoly's time? Um, We can talk a bit about it. Four years ago. We had a little Game Cola get-together on the Discord uh, and watched it live, but we can summarize a bit. I can Well, James can't because he didn't watch it. No, I didn't watch Uh, it. I can only sort of half do it because it was very late in the UK when this award show happened. So, Blue, we're going to be relying on you for many of the interesting things that could have happened in case any of our dear listeners did not uh watch and did not uh do not know things about it um with a focus on the stuff that like we're not going to tell you what things won what awards because you can just look up a list right and that's not fun podcast but we can talk about funny things that happened like the very long speech that kratos voice actor did yeah christopher judge Actually won the uh, world record for longest acceptance speech. And, like, it wasn't even close. Like, the last record holder held for, uh, like, 70 years, I think. And he beat <laughs> it by about two minutes. Or two and a half minutes. Oh my I can't goodness. remember. But it was, he broke it big time. Why yeah, was the speech was... so long? He, I mean, he, he was just, had, he thanking everybody. He had been drinking, I believe. 
and he's just a nice guy, and so he's all talking friendly like, and yeah, yeah. There was no there. Yeah, like there wasn't like if you listen to any section of the thank you speech, it would have been a fine. Like there, you wouldn't have thought anything. Like it's like a good a good acceptance speech. It was just the fact that it was so long. It was a few speeches sort of like, put together. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. It was several good speeches put together into a speech that the people started getting uncomfortable just because of how long it had been going on. And like, uh, uh, is this what all of them are going to be like? Mm. So far, a third of the game awards has been this speech because it was also like the first one. <laughs> oh no! Yikes! That, to be fair, that's not counting like the half hour of pre-show. But wow. Wait, wait, there was, wait, we had a pre-show for the show? Yeah, just like a bunch of other, like, small, this always happens, they always do this. I wouldn't know, I don't like, I don't like the Game Awards. Well, how do you know you like it if you never even tasted it Because I did watch it, and the one year that I watched it, uh, The Last of Us 2 won every award, basically. And so I decided at that point, this is dumb. I don't want to watch it anymore because like 90% of the games on the show are games that I've never played and don't have much interest in playing. Yeah. Just like every award show. It's all movies mm. you've never heard of. That's a, that, or, that's true. Or I Avatar. Unless it's <laughs> the game Colo awards, in which case only half of the games are ones I've never heard of. <laughs> <laughs> it's a much better ratio. Well, yeah, to be fair, the Game Cola Awards is the issue could sometimes be that we're, well, I mean, we had our issue where that would have been a fair jumping off point for people, which is when we all voted for a game that won the awards and none of us had played. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's just a problem in that we don't have a lot of people that happen to play the same game. So we can only, if we only voted for games we played, the odds of any game getting more than one vote Mm. are extremely small (laughs) to the point that no games would win any awards. Basically, what happened was uh, everyone heard that Journey was a good video game, Mm -hmm. and everyone was like, "Uh, I'll I'll just put it as, like, my number three, right? Because you put in, like, one, two, and three, and each one gives you different points. And so, like, Mm -hmm. but because everybody put it as their, like, number three, it ended up winning. (laughs) I mean, it was a good game. What I'm hearing is that we need more staff. (laughs) Anyway, uh, that's the main funny thing that I remember. The most of the rest of it, I was kind of delirious and sleepy. The only other thing I remember is the announcement of Hades two. Hades two. Oh, really? Yeah. Hades two. Bofa D's nuts. No, definitely uh, not. <laughs> Joe. Joe. <laughs> You've got Hades nuts, and now you've got Hades 2 Bofa. Yeah, it wasn't really something I was expecting, because... The, uh, My joke? No one was. I <laughs> expect the unfunny that is my joke. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, but I'm excited for Hades 2. I think it'll be really good. I'm wondering how exactly they plan to further 
everything they did in the first one, because Hades is a nice little package, and it didn't really need a sequel, and they don't usually make sequels, Supergiant Games, and so it's really weird, but I'm hoping it's good. I think at the very worst, it'll be more Hades. And I like Hades. I would play just more Hades. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it makes sense just because of how much of a breakout success Hades was that it like it just makes sense to follow it up with something that's similar. I almost wonder if it's going to be <laughs> this is a maybe a strange uh comparison <laughs> to make, but hmm. uh like uh Knives Out and Glass Onion. <laughs> I haven't seen it's it yet. Like, I, I, I will my... not. Th- uh, no spoilers. Yeah, they're they're two movies that are both very like they're very much the same genre of movie, but there is aside from a couple of things that can be watched completely, experienced completely independently. There's not much of a strong relationship between them besides the same people made them basically. Huh. And that that is kind of the vibe it feels like this is going forward. It's not necessarily like trying to follow up on Hades in any sort of like concrete like narrative way, just that it's another game very similar to Hades in both presentation and you know characters. There'll there'll be a lot of recurring characters. Mm. In the sense that they're recurring or like recurring interpretations of <laughs> characters, I guess. Well, it's not the, like they invented these characters. Zeus, so it's a, that it's original character. <laughs> this is my own original character, Bladies. <laughs> Please don't steal. <laughs> in the past, every title they've released, it has been fascinating to see how they in how they move their gameplay forward and how they evolve it or change it completely and so i'm i'm thinking they're it's probably going to stay mostly the same which is mm-hmm. uh a little bit disappointing but i i'm excited to see what they're doing sure um yeah those are the only two things that i really remember i think i was if i was conscious for any of it i was essentially delirious um blue are there any other interesting things about the game awards that you would like to talk about uh i mean going back to the longest speech ever for a second there's an extra layer of humor to it because of valve said they would give away a free steam deck every minute that the Game Awards ran to people who were watching (laughs) the stream on Steam. Mm. And so that speech increased it by, like, made them give, I think it was seven or so extra Steam decks away. (laughs) I mean, they did, they probably tried to tighten up the rest of the, like, I would imagine, if I were running an awards show, I would have, like, fluff that I could cut in the event that we were running long. Yeah, Yeah, but, but... it's still funny to think about the, like, yeah. people who got it just because of that speech. Just watching so, the Steam Deck thing, like, ticking up, like, yeah. ding, ding, <laughs> like, yeah. Yes, keep talking, keep talking. Yeah. <laughs> it's 
like he stopped because he, he looked at his phone and like one of his friends was like, all right, I got a Steam Deck. You can stop now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Valve, Gabe Newell himself just texts him and is like, hey, you owe us some money. You- yeah. <laughs> what? So well, I guess presumably if Hades 2 was announced that other games were announced at yes. the Game Awards. And Let's they see. have names. And yes. I'm sure I'm someone in the world them remembers up. them. I'm looking them up. Let's see. <laughs> um, oh, good. I don't have to make up a game name and hope it's correct. Oh, Go yes. I though. know this one. My, no, my no, friends... No, no, stop, 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 Blue, make your guess. Uh, there was a satellite rider. Is That's real. Those are two words I put together. Uh, are you sure about that? I don't see it in the listing of games <laughs> revealed at the game. Oh, look at this! Work. I have James. the whole list. James. There's satellite rider. It's, yes and uh, yes and no. James, yes and <laughs> I don't. Yes and if you're apparent, if you're potentially completely wrong. <laughs> I'm not here. I don't. I'm not see sure it. you quite understand the nature of improv, but sometimes <laughs> things happen that aren't explicitly true in reality, and that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, fair enough. I I'm just looking through this list. A lot of them are things I've never heard of before. But now you're super. Yeah, and that's because they're new. They're new, James. Yeah, that's how that works. Well, it's they're not. They might be part of existing franchises I have heard of, like for example, Death Stranding Two. That's that's oh, yeah, pretty that big. Happened. I don't. I don't even know how well the original. I mean, I guess the reception to Death Stranding One must have been good enough to. Oh, they warrant. they yes, not yesterday. Earlier this week, well, uh, Epic Game Store was giving away their free game. One of, or, like, or, they were doing a f- different free game every day as opposed to every week, cause it was mm-hmm. Christmas, and they're like, here's the thing we can do. And so the day they did Death Stranding, it just kinda broke the oh, Epic the Game Store. It didn't <laughs> crash it in my experience. When I tried to redeem it, the, uh, what happened? It was really weird. Oh, it signed me out? And then it refused to let me close the Epic Game Store or sign in until I used Task Manager and then killed it with murder. And then I had to open it up again and then sign back in. And then I went back to the page and tried to get it and it would sign me out again. Like everything else on the store worked completely fine. But if you did that, it did weird things. said no. So we've got Death Stranding 2... Dead Cells Return to Castlevania. Excuse me? A, what? How? I don't remember that. How, and I think there's also... Like, how a, are those two franchises in any way related? Isn't I'm Dead Cells sure. an indie game? How did how did they well, get Konami to Well, aren't they like a similar genre? But isn't no, Dead Cells, Dead Cells James, a Castlevania? I've got no answers for you. They're, cast, they're a Metroidvania. That's what they're I mean, they've there's been sort there's of been indie, well, Dead Cells game. is like a Metroidvania, but it's also a roguelike, right? Yes. So I haven't played it. I believe I there was also like Metroidvanias uh, and roguelites just go well. Like even if Castle, I can like if Castlevania that, yeah. was still like as popular, like if it had never really kind of dropped in popularity, 
post like DS times, yeah. which I feel like it kind of did. I feel like they would have ended up in the Metroidvania roguelike area. Yeah. And they just didn't really get the chance to. But like, I mean, like what? There was yeah. like the Symphony of Hyrule or Cadence of Hyrule. Cadence of Hyrule. Yeah, that's true. That's that's sort of a similar thing sort where it's like, oh, this is just. Yeah. Well, just but like in terms of like an indie developer and then suddenly and getting a, with a yeah, getting a big IP. franchise name. That's a good point. That's a great point. Um, so I think I think the games industry has been kind of opening up to that. Yeah. Oh, OK. I, I, partially probably because it's just easier to vet like. Like, you had, I think before, like, the issue with third-party developers could be, like, oh, well, you know, is, are they going to actually do a good job? Is it going to be up to the standard? But I think with s- such smaller teams that, like, certain, in- when you're, like, indie rather than, like, third-party, um, it's probably easier to gauge, particularly because I'm going to get, like, you know all the people are going to make it. There's not, like, different departments and, like, one's, like, the good one and one's, like, the bad one. Yeah. Or I don't know. I'm kind of just spitballing there. But <laughs> I imagine that 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 could that could potentially. I be thought the that, why like see stuff like that happening. I thought that wasn't true because like in Pokemon, there's the gameplay department and then there's the tree department. And one of them, one <laughs> of them, but was that's slacking. a big company. That's the difference. Oh, that's you're the right, difference. You're right. I'm sorry. That's yep. a, I'm saying if you're trying to get a smaller company, yeah, it's easier to vet. Now, I'm not saying that that always works out. There are certain things that some people might say about Brilliant Diamond and Shining, Shining Pearl to try to counteract that. And and Scarlet and, and be... Violet. No, Scarlet and Violet. I'm not saying there's bro- there's not problems with Scarlet and Violet, but they did not outs. They're not they're oh, not problems they're not outs- because they outsourced I, oh, 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 development. Oh, I mistook. I I misunderstood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm talking specifically about having a different studio work on your IP. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I'm I'm just looking more at this list of games uh to kind of uh keep going here. Diablo 4, which that's pretty yeah. How how long ago was Diablo? I I don't play the Diablo games, but I think it's been quite some time since Diablo 3. I think that was 2013. 2012. 2012. Wow. So but it's it, been 10 in between years. there was there was Diablo don't you ha- guys have phones? Oh yeah! The, the, oh gosh, that's right. <laughs> oh no! And it turns uh, out people did. Yeah. Oh, there's uh, there's uh, Final Fantasy 16. Although I think that was already revealed. Yeah, we before. we've known about that for a while. <laughs> yeah, but maybe I presume we got we didn't really have a lot of footage of it or anything. So maybe this was like we the we did trailer. We we did. Oh okay. I don't know. Then IGN is. I think they gave another, I don't, I remember watching this live and John was really excited and I can't remember why. Yeah. Because it was, it was new footage of, I just don't, I I, don't know if there was something specific about it. I feel like we're losing, we're, we're talking about commercials that weren't interesting. I think we need to pivot. Yeah. John <laughs> really liked that commercial. Yeah. Oh, real quick. <laughs> I, just a couple, a couple more really notes. Well, a couple more notes. We have uh, Colossal Cave, which uh, was one of Sierra's first adventure games. Uh, actually is being oh. remade by Roberta Williams, which is awesome. That's really, really cool. I just saw this. That's... That's super cool. 
So uh, I think Na- I, mm-hmm. I wonder if Nathaniel Hoover, uh, former Gamecola staff member, would be really interested in that because I know he likes uh, Sierra Adventure games, and I do too. I'll have to check that out. We've got the new Fire Emblem game, Fire Emblem Engage, with the... Ah, yes, Fire Emblem Switch, Nintendo Switch Joy-Con hair, ladies. Yeah, I was yeah. about to say, they have some interesting color hair. <laughs> um, the new I mean, honestly, expansion. honestly, I'm just surprised it took Fire Emblem this long to have some a main character with this kind level of weird hair. Yeah. I would have thought they would have dipped into this well much Reach earlier. anime. <laughs> So. I mean, Fire Emblem has sort of always been peak anime for whatever the time was and whatever the graphics of the consoles would allow. Uh, so. yeah, kinda. You cannot tell me that Three Houses was not. Oh peak yeah, Three anime Houses was game. definitely pretty anime. That's true. That was the first one I've played though, so I can't really speak. For, I've only seen I'm, character designs from other games in passing. It's, it's not as strong in the other game in some of the older games, but it's still trying. It's I mean, it's still like yeah. This is a very anime three, video three game. Three Houses definitely had some very uh, bright colored hair. Um, <laughs> okay, uh, let's see. We got Street Fighter Six. That's another big one, I think. Uh, Tekken Eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I we knew about Street Fighter Six prior to this. I don't know about Tekken. Yeah, and Tekken, I think. Okay, yeah, that's Tekken, fair. We knew about it. Um, a new. I think it's an expansion or a new game from Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Expansion. Um, uh, they got yeah, Idris Elba, and he's someone in their DLC. Huh. He's playing Knuckles the he, Knuckles the Echidna <laughs> Knuckles DLC. The Echidna. Oh boy. Um, Crash Team. Oh yeah, Crash is getting. Oh they, yeah, what, looks Lumpa like League a Smash game is real. Is that was is that what this is? is no, it was have... it so it was it's been it leaked like a like a year ago I think as Wumpa League and so now we got the real name I don't remember. Crash it Team is. Rumble. Yeah, that, sure, that sounds right. I believe you. Yeah. <laughs> and then I believe those words the, could exist. The last game I see on this list that uh, stands out to me, not because I'm interested in it at all, but because. One of the Discord servers I'm in exploded with activity when this was announced, and that's Armored Core 6, Fires of Rubicon. One of the Discords I'm in has a huge number of, like, mecha anime slash video game fans, and they, I, I, like, at least once per week they post some kind of message celebrating that this game is coming out. I don't know why... But I, they are over the moon ecstatic that it's coming out. So I'm, I'm happy for them. <laughs> happy for it, them. It's by that. From I Software wish, as well, which is. I wish people would have had an opportunity to be happy about my robot video game franchise. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. cries single tear. What's what? What franchise would that be, Joe? James, how could you? <laughs> <laughs> How could you even say that to me? I'm going to cry. You do not if you do not say psych right now. I don't know. I think you crying on the podcast would be uh, an interesting turn of events. Yeah, there James. we go. It's content. <laughs> James, you can't do this to me. You know, you know, you know. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I, am, I hate this. I, I hate it here. I refuse Dang. to yes and. 
James, you're fired. <laughs> um, fine. I'm no. I'm going to talk about my thing now. It's been like several minutes. <laughs> yeah, go We're ahead. past the hook. That was the game awards. Yeah. I hope you had fun. Mega Man Battle Network series has online online play. Yeah. You can fight people with robots on the internet through the internet, both the fake internet and the real internet at the same but time. But not the Ubelnet. Not the, the <laughs> not the Oobnet from Oob from Jetty's Oob Ooblets yeah uh, Ooblets gotcha. game. So um, you're gonna be able to like trade and fight with people is gonna be great. I'm there's super gonna be excited. a competitive Mega Man scene, which means online... that this just yeah. further cements uh, the Battle Network games as the best Mega Man games. They- I'm super excited. I've never really gotten a chance to play the games, but from what I have seen of other people playing them, it looks amazing. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, uh, not, not, obviously, the the platforming Mega Man games are my favorite. Um, I did play uh, a bit of two once, uh, but and like, I think it was really well done. It was just, I think it was a little weird coming into it at two and. Um, mm. it wasn't as much like my style, but like it, it was, it felt really well done for what it was. And I'd be, I'm having them all together and like being able to play through them all in a row, yeah. I think would, would make the experiment experience more fun. So, but like, I'm like, I don't know. I really like g- games with like a very unique comp competitive or like, you know, player versus player sort of format that, that doesn't really match what we had, like. Like, I don't know, like, for example, Pokemon, which I know I talk about all the time, but, like, there's not really a competitively played game like Pokemon that I know about, except things that are, like, explicitly trying to copy Pokemon and Mm. so far have not really had a lot of success as far as I can tell in that front. I feel like there have been some moderately successful games that have worked to emulate the single-player experience of Pokemon, Mm -hmm. but not the multiplayer and I think the same could probably be said of Battle Network. In yeah. fact, I, like, I don't really know many games that have tried to even do what Battle Network did. Oh, there is um, one, like, game on Steam that I keep looking at that does, like, a similar thing. I think uh, I, can't I remember know the name what... of it, though. Let me check, because I might know the same, because I think I have that game. I just also can't remember what it was called. Was it fun? Uh, I don't know. I never actually got around to playing it. It's also interesting, and we can kind of pivot because there's not much more to, to say about it because we'll talk about it more when the actual video game comes out. But um, it's interesting, like what, like the way that internet technology has advanced into the modern age, like how games that only had local multiplayer are now able to become uh, online multiplayer games, like. I've I've been recommended some videos about the competitive Mario Superstar Baseball for the GameCube <laughs> uh, scene. <laughs> like people just sort of figured out how to like set stuff up with that to make it to work. And I don't know, it's I can't remember exactly. It's not just like something like Parsec or something. I think they have uh, like a, a more in depth technical uh, implementation of it. But now there's you can they can just have a competitive Mario Superstar Baseball for the Nintendo GameCube scene. That's delightful. And as time goes on, and that will open up to more and more game series that had local multiplayer. That just reminds me that we need to find a way to play Drama Queens together. 
<laughs> competitive drama queens. Yeah, what, 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 I guess, what, I'm trying to think if there's, is there a way to tie that in to, well, actually, wait, okay, episode, yeah, I was trying to see if there's a way to tie it into an episode, but like, if it was episode one, I don't, I, I, I can't remember which episode Drama Queens was. It was like 14, 15, or 16. It's one of the really early ones. <laughs> what are we talking um, about? One of the early podcasts, uh, there were four Game Cola staff members who were together in the same place, and they played Drama Queens for the DS, yeah. I think, which is sort of like a, I mean, I think the closest, it's like a um, game where you shop in the mall. Oh, oh that um, was the, the sleepover thing, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, and it was two episodes where they just played Drama Queens and talked about it. You couldn't see them play Drama Queens. I think um, they did record a video or or they had like a bunch of weird issues. Let me look it up. Actually. I don't I don't think I think I mean I listened to it purely audio. Yeah. Um they may have had gameplay footage playing over it, but I think it, like a, a lot of those old podcasts had generic gameplay footage playing over it yeah um look it up here it's uh oh oh yeah yep episode 14 and 15 yeah that's the one anyway what what video games that so far i've only had multi uh multi player local multiplayer uh would you guys want to get internet multiplayer Ooh, um i'm not sure Think about your favorite, like, uh, Nintendo 64, PlayStation, GameCube, PS2, maybe? Uh, PS2 probably had a bunch of non-internet yeah. games, too. PS2 had some multi online multiplayer, too. Right? Yeah, but it, it, there were probably some local multiplayer games, mm -hmm. too. It's hard to say because those were when I was smaller and didn't have friends and couldn't think about playing games with other people because that was such a an impossibility i wonder i wonder if you could if the new monkey ball games let you play online multiplayer i would i play online so, multiplayer i don't i don't play that uh uh the target test that's the one that everybody played where you you roll your ball down a ramp and then you open the ball and it turns into wings, which isn't really how ball... The wings aren't shaped like two, two halves of a sphere, but okay. Um, and then you fly and you land and you get points. Um, it's also interesting too, though, like with um, like the Nintendo uh, Switch Online stuff that has like the NES and SNES games. Like now those are local multiplayer games that have online multiplayer. Yeah. Like I've played, you know, I played Kirby's Dream Course with a bunch of people with online multiplayer. Oh, that sounds really super fun. fun. It is it is a lot of fun. And there's, you know, plenty of games like that. So, I don't know, it's it's interesting. Like this is this is something that I appreciate about media in this time of history in general is that I feel like modern people of the modern age get to experience the best m media of all of the time. All of the times that there has been for like, like you could, it's so easy to play a good video game that's like 40 years old now. Yeah. Whereas like, you know, if you didn't have a laser disc player, then you couldn't watch any of the laser disc movies. And that was just it. And it's also the same like with streaming now, like there's obviously there are major problems with the industry, but in terms of ease of access, 
it's just uh you don't have to like get a bunch of specialized hardware or know a bunch of stuff it's just it's very straightforward if maybe not expensive to get media from any age right like i played a lot of nes games when i was a kid but i played them on the wii shop channel through or i bought them on the wii shop channel and played them on my wii and i now i've i have similar memories and experiences with those nes games obviously not identical Mm-hmm. as the people who played them on the NES when they were kids. Obviously, there's differences, but at the same time, like... Oh, do you remember you know, Jelly Cars? What? It was a right. game on the Wii Shop, and it was, like, the best game ever. And there's a sequel on Steam or something? There, Or is it on Steam? I don't remember. But there's going to be, like, a sequel to Jelly Cars, and I'm excited. <laughs> Is Blue, I'm very happy for you. Is this at all related to what we were talking about? Well, you were talking about how people played games on the Wii Shop, and I just remembered a game from the Wii Shop. uh, I can see see how those synapses would connect. Jelly Cars was like... I was wrong, and I meant to say virtual console, but... Well, (laughs) it made me remember Jelly Cars, which was a great game. I... Don't remember exactly how it worked, but you could like inflate your car tires and do anti gravity or something. And you, this is a game that you want to have online multiplayer. That would be awesome, yes. And I think <laughs> it will now that the sequel is coming out soon. James, what about you? What about me? <laughs> what local multiplayer? Okay, game you can refuse you to yes and online. bits, but the podcast itself is. I'm too much. trying to just keep an eye, like. I'm just trying to keep make sure I understand what is being discussed. I don't you know what? You guys can talk on the podcast, but I refuse. <laughs> don't ask me questions. I'm just checking what we're talking about. I've had a bunch of people trying to come into my room to tell me it's dinner time and I told them beforehand that I was recording a podcast. <laughs> Apparently that doesn't get through. That is relatable. So anyway, but I just I lost the the train of the discussion. So what, what what's uh, the games that are only right, local available multiplayer in... games in online multiplayer? Um, you got it. Hmm, that's a good question. Honestly, I just don't play a lot of multiplayer games because I've really kind of fallen off of multiplayer. Because oh, that's all what I'm of... saying. Like games you played when you did play local multiplayer. Like I don't play a lot of multiplayer. Oh, I I, I haven't played. I days. I like that would be games that already have it, like uh, Pokemon, etc. Those are about the only games I really played local multiplayer in. I never really had anyone to play local multiplayer with that wanted to. So I'm sorry, that's kind of a non-answer. I just, in my personal experience, I've rarely, I've rarely played local multiplayer. Online multiplayer was really my big introduction to multiplayer games, honestly. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I can't really think of any others off the top. Mario Baseball would have been one of mine. There's also, like, we have that with Mario Kart now, though, like, Mario Kart Double Dash. Oh, that's a good one, actually. That that actually did remind. Although, I guess I started with Mario Kart DS, uh, which I think Right, and I mean, like, we have have online multiplayer with 8, and we had it with um, uh, the 3DS one, Mario Kart 7. Mm Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, I think. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, 
yeah, like specifically the double dash format. I don't know. I think it would be fun to take a second pass at that. I don't think it should be the thing that Mario Kart is forever. But if they need yeah. an excuse to make another Mario Kart game, because <laughs> right now they don't really need to. They just keep, they just added new content for eight, and it seems like people are pretty just, jazzed about it. Yeah, they people just are like, yeah, no, nope, this is good. So it's still the best-selling Nintendo Switch game. Still outsells everything else. I don't know who. I feel like I'm the only person left on planet Earth who doesn't have Mario Kart 8 on the Switch. Ah, which is only because uh-huh. I bought it for the Wii U. Joe, you're not alone. I don't <laughs> have it on... I don't have it at all. I don't. We're gonna, but my roommate gonna, they, has it, so I don't just, have to. So. Statistically, if it, the trend continues, I think we'll just be forced to purchase this <laughs> video game. Like... <laughs> Someone, the number has to keep going up, and we're the only people left who haven't done so, it. So I someone guess we'll from Nintendo will come to our houses and ask why we have not yet purchased <laughs> Mario Kart 8. Miyamoto himself, dressed up in a Mario costume, will break down our door and shove the game into our moths. <laughs> not my mother. <laughs> Your ma's ma's? Your ma's ma, not multiple ma's. I hope your mother has only one ma. <laughs> yeah, so Mario Kart would have been the only other one that I can think of. There's not really Mega... I mean, I guess, what, the Mega Man 7 fight mode? This Mega Man 7 secret fight mode that was made in three in the last three weeks before the game was finalized? Yeah. That, that would be kind of fun, but I'm not really invested in that. <laughs> um, yeah, that's I. I think I've covered my main bases. Cause yeah, I mean, like the other thing would be like Pokemon. I guess Kirby, Kirby stuff, doing online multiplayer. Though I guess you could do some of it with a Nintendo Switch Online. Yeah. Um, but like some of the more recent Kirby games, like the 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 Kirby games that have four players. I don't know if you can do online multiplayer with the newest one that has the four players. Um, that would be fun if it, if they haven't already done that or like squeak squad esque stuff or not squeak squad. Um, amazing mirror where you could call the other Kirby's that would be, that would be fun. Okay. I think we've exhausted this topic. <laughs> I think it's time to talk about video games that we have been playing, not video games that we'd like to play or that we'd <laughs> want to exist in a certain way. Yeah. So, uh, blue and James fight to the death over who gets to talk about their video game. Three, two, one, go. You you can go first, Blue. Oh, James is dead. Ah, Yay! I have committed <laughs> yep. a murder. I think... More... <laughs> yeah. Blue, this is the second time you've mentioned that on this podcast. I, I think... hope you're aware. Yeah, alright. I'm, I'm just gonna slowly back away. You, you made us fight to the death. This is not on me. Yeah, but I didn't say you had to be the one that did that. Okay, well, it's... Well, I mean, you said strictly fight to speaking, the death. I just that gave implies... up. That I heavily I, implies. <laughs> anyway, Blue, before we get too so morbid that we get demonetized, <laughs> please tell me. Wait, we were the video monetized? Game been playing in recent times. Yeah. Uh, I want my 17 cents, James! <laughs> That's actually more than most podcasts make. Yeah. I have been playing a game known as Midnight Suns. Ah, yes, the oxymoron game. Uh, no. I di- there aren't... Disagree. Well, at least where I live, there there ain't no sun at midnight. Well, Certainly not multiple of them. You, that doesn't mean it's not real. 
If, hey, if I don't personally experience it, then it's not real. That's my life philosophy. Well, you should rethink your life philosophy. All right, Blue, convince <laughs> me. Tell me about your paradoxical sons. There's, isn't it at, like, the Arctic Circle where the Midnight Sun happens? Which means it exists in real life. Yeah, that's exactly how a paradox works. It is not. It is... <laughs> The reverse is true, I think you'll find, if you care for truth. See, there's your problem. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, okay, there's no fixing that. I can't do anything about that. (laughs) There's no fixing me. (laughs) Alright, tell me about Midnight Suns. Oh, it's so good. It is... I I don't know where to rank it, because then I'd have to think hard about how I feel about things. But it is... (laughs) Somewhere in my top games, my top number of games of blank all time. It's one of the top blank games. Yeah. I don't know what number that is. Ten, maybe. Five, three, top one. I don't know if it's the top one, but it is... (laughs) I love it so much, and it gets better the more I play. What happens in this video game? Well, Lilith gets all cathonified, and she decides to make the Earth a bad place, and then... Cathonified? Cathonified, yeah. Cathon is the Elder God of Chaos. Well, actually, I don't know if in Uh, Marvel lore he's an Elder God, but he is (laughs) a God of Chaos. Mm -hmm. Where did I lose you, James? This is very straightforward. No, I got you. (laughs) I think think I'm with you. (laughs) Alright, so there's this guy named Cathan, and yep, Catherine. he's an old god who doesn't like to schedule things. Yep, mm-hmm. that's correct. And he made some witch lady his servant because... Witch lady? She, yeah, this one. The one no, that witch, is your mother. Witch lady. The one that's your mother in the game. Yeah. Ah, that's... Because... So who's on first? Oh, uh, where is on the third? Yeah. Okay. Anyways. No, I don't know. Your mom starts having you as a baby outside of her, and you start dying. And she's like, oh, that sucks. I'm going to use an evil book to <laughs> uh, fix that. Oh. And so the god of that evil book is like, hey, that that's tight. That's a very limited domain. <laughs> I like... I'm the god of this book. This evil <laughs> book. That's me. Well, it's an evil that's... book. So... Yeah, but it's still a single book. It is, like, the evil book outside of the Necronomicon. It's pretty big evil book business. Mm -hmm. Anyways, your mom's like, okay, so I'm gonna take your power to fix this baby, and you're gonna have whatever you want from me. And he's like, good, you'll be my evil slave subject. Evil, I don't know. March on the earth and bring hell. And you... That's bad. People don't like that. And so Generally. you grow up, and your your name is the Hunter because your mother wasn't good. <laughs> certainly not a name. Yeah, not, yeah. Yeah, certainly uh, not good at naming babies. And so yeah. her sister, I believe, raises you to like know magic and fighting and how to kill her, and then you fight, and then you both die. It's a draw. It's the worst draw ever. It sucks. And then, centuries later, you could somehow, say it's drawful. somehow Palpatine, I mean, not him, uh, your mother returns. 
And so the Avengers <laughs> and the Midnight Suns, who are like the magic superheroes of the Marvel Universe, are like, oh, well, someone did it before, so let's bring them back from the dead, too. And then that happens, and the rest of the game is you fighting your mom. Hmm. I hope that was very coherent and understandable. Well, I'll be honest, I did understand it better than though I understood the plot of Xenoblade 2. <laughs> what? When Diana explained that so many years ago. Oh, the plot it's, of it's, Maybe I'll give it a try when I get to 2. I'm still working through 1. Alright. Okay. So, but what do you like about the video game? Aside from the uh, it, it It's fun hanging out with characters I love. And there are characters I love. There are more obscure characters like Nico from the Runaways. So that's good. And there's... The voice acting is mostly excellent. There is Tony Stark, who bothers me. His voice is... he He's irritating. Which isn't to say the voice actor did a bad job, I just d don't care for it. He's doing like half a RDJ impersonation and half his own interpretation. I'm like, they're both options, just pick one. Don't do both. I d can't handle it. What, 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 what's the gameplay like genre? Uh, strategy, RPG, and you also have cards. Mm. They're just there. They're just well, everybody's like regular punching things, but they've got like you know a pair of queens in their hand. No, your your attacks and various other things can be cards, and there's a whole system. It's it's really in depth. I don't. I guess I only played a little bit of XCOM, but it is like XCOM where they're constantly introducing you to like new mechanics and stuff, and the it, it is a very well-designed game. Like, you just keep finding new, uh, new ways that the gameplay mechanics feed into the game itself. It just keeps getting bigger, but not in an overwhelming way. It just gets mm. better and better and better. Interesting. Well, that's good. I'm glad you're enjoying a video game, Blue. It is it's so rare so these days good. for people to enjoy video games. <laughs> James, have you enjoyed a video game recently? Uh, I sure have. Uh, two video games that I can think of off the top of my head. That's illegal. Only one video game at a time. <laughs> uh, so... You can talk about both your video games, James. It's fine. Just this once. I just played Pokemon again, so I don't need to, to say, talk about it. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, let's see. So the first game, the the one I've been playing more recently, is this game called Signa Signalis Signalis. Oh, uh, like that one. Signalis, you know, I want that on one. Your regional accent. What's that? I want that one so bad. Yeah, it's, um, a friend of mine told me about it. I'd never heard of it. Uh, it came out only about a month and a half ago, I think. But, uh, my friend was saying, hey, you're a big fan of Resident Evil, Silent Hill, sort of survival horror kind of games, right? And I said, yeah. So this is an indie game that is uh, sort of a top-down mix of Resident Evil and Silent Hill. 
in space. Yeah, mm-hmm. in space. Yes. Um with with like uh cyborg people and stuff. Um also a significant amount of German uh which is is interesting. That's that's I I, I kind of like it actually. Um the game or the German? Both? <laughs> so it it's it, I don't know. I think it's an interesting bit of variety. You, you don't see or at least I don't see a lot of games. You know, when games have foreign languages you know, or, you know, are based on region, you know, foreign regions in my, the games I typically play are either just, you know, English speaking regions or for example, Japan. Uh, so having one be set in an area or a a region or a people that speak basically German, uh, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. It's different. I can't understand it, but fortunately they include translations for anything that, you know, you would actually want to read. Um, and there's a lot of, uh, similar to Silent Hill and Resident Evil, as you go around exploring, uh, I believe it's a space station, sort of, that's been, uh, uh, you know, under attack from some sort of, uh, mysterious disease or phenomenon that's afflicting its people. Um, there's a lot of different files that you can read and, and, and check out to learn various bits of lore about the world and the universe. Um... The atmosphere is really good. Strictly speaking, I don't think there's really much in the way of music that I've heard so far. I have not beaten the game. I don't even really know how far I am in it. Um, I did miss my chance to say, isn't there no atmosphere because you're in space? No, actually, you're in a space. That's yes, I, I, haha. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's a very good point, actually. And to touch on that point, uh, there is atmosphere. You're in. You're in the. You know the habitable part of the space station. So there's. Uh... Actually, no. I take that back. It's not. It's not a space station. It's like, I don't know. It's a ground station. Because now that I think about it, there's. I've seen. I've walked past a couple entrances to a mine, and unless they're mining, space. Um, I think it's, it's on the ground on some like asteroid or some colony somewhere. It's a mining colony or something, some sort of facility. Um, that's, that's a great point actually. It's, uh, but anyway, so I haven't gotten very far mainly because I've needed to restart because I was not paying attention to the specifics of how a lot of the healing items work in the game because most of the healing items do not heal you immediately. Like, it's not you go into your inventory, you you use the healing item, and then, boom, your health jumps back up. Uh, they take effect over the course of, like, 15 to 30 seconds. Um, or at least most of them do. You can find healing items or craft certain healing, limited healing items that uh, take effect immediately, but most healing items, you basically have to use them in, you know, in a place where you're at least somewhat safe because they they heal a tiny bit of health instantly, but the majority of their effect is over time. So I, who was not really paying thorough attention to how that actually worked at first, got to got through a decent, like probably three or four hours of the game and promptly found that I had no healing items left because I was expecting them to take effect instantly and the item descriptions all say that they take place over time but i didn't really check to see what kind of overtime that meant 
Uh, so I was basically just using way more healing items, just wasting healing items um, that I didn't need to. Um, so now that I know that, my second playthrough that I'm doing uh, is is going much better. But uh, it's really fun, uh, pretty tough, honestly, um, just mainly because the the combat system is a little weird to get used to. Um, and of course, resources are very, very scarce. I'm, I've gotten used enough to games like Silent Hill and Resident Evil where I know where a lot of the resources are and I know how to avoid combat more than taking part in it. Uh, to the point that by the end of the game, I have a, a huge surplus of ammunition and healing items. But in this game, that is very much not the case. I, I am definitely very frequently feeling a, a sort of a resource crunch. So it's it's good. I'm enjoying it so far. I think that's about all I have to say about that game. So, uh, Blue, you said you'd heard of this game before, at least? Yeah, I, was, I really want it because I like horror games. So yeah. I've been looking at it. It's I yeah. don't like horror games. Well, then you can <laughs> leave. Respect. Get out. I respect your enjoyment and your happiness, but I have no interest in playing this. No, game. you have yeah. to enjoy Sounds what I like enjoy. It's scary. It's. I mean, I'm not normally a huge fan of horror games either. This is, but but this is closer to the Silent Hill kind of horror games. As opposed to, you know... Also scary. Yes. Oh, absolutely. It's, Disqualified. It is thoroughly, it is thoroughly <laughs> unnerving. It is with my arms. It is, it is definitely heart want. racing. There are some heart-pounding moments uh, of just anxiety. I'm scared anxiety. all the time. I don't need to also be scared during video Oh, I'm, I, I am too. I have anxiety. But, uh... <laughs> but, I don't know. It's... it's I more appreciate the satisfaction of getting used to the game to the point that the the scare is just more of it becomes more of an I don't know what's coming up next and I'm constantly in a state of fear to I don't know it, it sort of shifts over time to become almost like an adrenaline rush sort of thing or just becoming so familiar that it's no longer scary you know everything that's around every corner and that in and of itself is kind of satisfying in a way like with um me playing resident evil one on playstation is uh is kind of like that where i know the game like the back of my hand and so uh, it's it's just more relaxing almost to play you've also though played a game that is much less scary than this game yes james if i'm not mistaken that is very true and that game uh, is Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Oh, my goodness. Ah! Ah, oh, 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 sorry. Sorry. Oh, terrifying. I scared myself there. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, <laughs> See, that's what I'm talking about with the yes and, James. You got there eventually. <laughs> All right. I'll be an improv uh, actor yet. Um, <laughs> now in the next episode of the Game Cool Podcast. James, I'm going to have to unpeak that audio. <laughs> I'm going to have to unpeak that audio. It is it is a rectangle on Audacity. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. Um so Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Um I have expressed before I I won't go into details cuz I know Blue is still getting you're still getting through 1, is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Well, how do you what do you think of 1 so far? 
Uh, it's better than when I started and was like, oh, this is bad. <laughs> oh, interesting. <laughs> you thought it was bad at first? Well, okay, so to clarify, I meant, like, as, as mentioned on a previous episode, I got into the first bit of combat, and it was like, oh, this doesn't feel good. Oh, I... I, we, especially with Xenoblade, well, Xenoblade 2 kind of has that same feeling. It's it's a simpler battle system to start with. The way that it starts you off is much simpler, I think, to understand. I mean, it got better once I, like, had skills, but the... Yes. Press the R button and then walk into this big robot. I was like, oh no, yeah. this doesn't feel good at all. <laughs> yeah. The the best way I can describe the Xenoblade games as a whole is that they are sort of replicating an MMORPG style of combat in a single-player format, mm. for better or worse. And I think it's very interesting. I really like the Xenoblade series combat, although I will say going back to Xenoblade 1 is, is tough. I... I don't actually know if I ever beat Xenoblade 1 myself, but I played a decent bit of it, and I've been going back. Yeah, no, I actually, I take it back. I think I think I saw someone else play it first before I played it, because now that I think about it, I don't think I owned Xenoblade 1 until the Definitive Edition came out, which was after 2 had already released. Um, but anyway... Uh, yeah, the the combat's weird, and it takes a lot of getting used to, but I think it feels really rewarding once you really understand the combat and you, you get good at it. And then they made a second one. Yes, then they made a second one. And it was... And remember when we were talking about video games that are very anime? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I have not played it... any of the Xenoblade <laughs> games. I've seen bits and pieces of them, but as far as I could tell... Xenoblade 2 is extremely anime. Xenoblade 2 is the most anime of, like, uh, is the most anime Xenoblade game of the three that currently okay. exist. It, it, Xenoblade I was going to say, three if is... 3 becomes even more anime, no, I think I might never be able to interact with it. Xenoblade 1 and 3 are ju- like they have a lot of they they have plenty of actiony you know a little bit of sort of anime moments mainly just more action kind of stuff um but they're in terms of story and characterization and everything they are pretty grounded um you're not collecting sword women <laughs> That is the best description of the blade system that I have ever heard. Thank I'm you. I'm glad you appreciate it. Diana hates it when I say I, that. I, I, that I mean, I, I kind of hate it because there's an equal number of women and men. There's also sword men. Uh, and they're not all swords. None either. of the cutscenes that are recommended to me on YouTube are about the swordmen. Well, gee, let's think <laughs> about you? why that might be for a moment. <laughs> why might? <laughs> do do you date any of the sword women? Because then it's just boyfriend dungeon. No, there there is there is no dating. Okay, there is no so dating like going on Xenoblade in Xenoblade Two. But you want more romance, you should play Boyfriend Dungeon, because it's essentially the same game. <laughs> I I would need to double-check that. <laughs> but, 
Um, um, okay, Xenoblade 3. Is Xenoblade, so Xenoblade 1 and 2, to also to my understanding, are kind of in the vein of, like, completely separate stories that take place in the same world. Um, Is that fair? Or are they completely separate stories in completely separate worlds? Okay, they, strictly speaking, they they all take place in separate worlds. They are separate stories that take place in separate worlds. Okay. So they, they are, they are isolated. All, all of the games are... Final Fantasy. Is it, so is it like, is it like Final Fantasy, yeah? Yeah, it, that's, that's a good way to describe it, is it's a lot like Final Fantasy, where the, the games, you know, they, they have the same name, and they might share similar mechanics, but they are entirely and probably separate. Some repeat elements. So we didn't like even need to start with the first like, one. I, I will say this: that each game references previous games. Oh, okay. So okay. it, is, mean, it I, is generally a good idea to play them in order. Um, also, I'm the just, kind of person who just like consumes media in order of release, basically, no matter what. So. Yeah, I mean, I do. It's that surprising a lot you've made it all the way to Xenoblade. Then, there's yeah, a lot that, of video games that, that is, came out that before is Xenoblade. Like the yeah. one exception I haven't gotten to, I haven't gone through the whole Xenoblade series. I just started with Chronicles because that's the oh no, only I was talking about heard. every video game that was released before Xenoblade. Yeah. of all. Time. Oh yeah, you have oh, to play every oh, video game ever a, that was released no, in order. Because <laughs> Xenoblade Chronicles is like a spin-off series. No, isn't it? I thought it took place no. in the like alternate no, timeline future. Chronicles X, or maybe yeah. I'm t- thinking about Near Automata, which I haven't played. So to okay, we so can't, we can't there's get into the Xenoblade is a now, main James. franchise game. James, okay, the so, podcast yeah, is was, almost yeah, over. Was, we can't get into this. Okay. Now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, give me give me a minute to just explain. Or I'll, I'll explain. The way that it works, have, just very briefly. You have literally 60 so it's seconds. Xenoblade. <laughs> Come on, Joe. We can extend the podcast a little bit. I haven't even actually you gotten have, to talk about You have fifty-five three. seconds. You have fifty-five <laughs> seconds. So anyway, <laughs> since my time is being cut short here, apparently, uh, Xenoblade three, really amazing. Oh, not to talk about Xenoblade three. I thought. Oh, you were oh, oh. To, to, to just explain Xenoblade. Okay. Xenoblade. So Xenoblade. So the Xeno. So it's the series started out. So it's there was the Xeno Gears games followed right, by the Xeno Saga games and then the Xenoblade games, which were yeah. called Xenoblade Chronicles in America. Yeah. So I so, I knew I knew there was something. I haven't played like the Gears or the, the yeah. From what I've heard, Chronicles. those games have not aged well. Yeah, that is why I started with Chronicles instead of going through all of them. Yeah. Okay, now you have to talk about Xenoblade 3 exclusively. Okay. <laughs> no more about the first video game. All right, game. so... That's your minute. So, <laughs> that was your minute. Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Uh, I love the game so much. I am actually stopped just before the final boss. I have not seen the final boss yet. I stopped to go back and complete all of the side content and world exploration stuff that I, I didn't get to because I didn't know how close I was to the final battle. So I was like, I'm just going to keep going because the plot is very, very compelling. Uh, and then everything, you know, you kind of opens back up to you right before the final boss so that you can get done anything you need to. Um, but so far, 
It's amazing. I love it. I love it. It has improved on Xenoblade 2 in almost every aspect. I I think one thing I will say, though, so I, I obviously have not gone to the final boss and all of this, you know, probably story and lore dumps that will come right then and there. But aside from that, my one serious complaint about Xenoblade 3 is that I don't find the villains to be nearly as compelling as the villains of Xenoblade Chronicles 2. The the villains of Xenoblade Chronicles 2 were incredibly well written, incredibly fleshed out, and were are a huge part of what makes that game's story so incredible. Um now I will say this, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 as a game has a lot of flaws. The battle system is not very well explained and it can be a little bit clunky at times in certain regards. Um there's the whole, you know, there's a couple systems that are not implemented very well. The game's performance can be a little bit weird especially when going around the menus, the menus actually perf- are really kind of sluggish in the game and are not very well organized. Um, but as a whole, I love Xenoblade Chronicles 2. It's still one of my top three games that I've played in recent memory at all. Um, Xenoblade Chronicles 3, aside from the compellingness of the villains in some ways, is just a better game in every other regard. They've improved on so many aspects, taken existing parts from the previous two games, different mechanics, and reincorporated them in ways that are even more uh, fun and satisfying, or in some cases just less clunky than they used to be. The world is gorgeous and fun to explore. The side content contains almost zero fluff sort of, you know, generic fetch quest kind of stuff. They have streamlined all of that into its own system that can be completed without any sort of real nonsense or or mashing through text boxes. So all of the side content, all of the side content (laughs) is engaging and interesting in some capacity. And there's some side content that you, you get through it and you're like, how was that optional? How it, because it feels like it was it it was could have been part of the main story almost, but they mm. yeah that's how high quality it is. It's amazing because the oh. first one is not doing very good with that. Yes, that is a that is an aspect of Xenoblade. That's one of the reasons why I've had a lot of trouble going and playing Xenoblade One after playing Xenoblade, even Xenoblade Two. It does still have that problem. Um, but not nearly to the extent of Xenoblade 1. Xenoblade 1 has a lot of filler side quests. Uh, Xenoblade 2 is much better. Xenoblade 3 eliminates it entirely. And it's amazing. I don't know... <laughs> I I am honestly debating holding every other RPG, big JRPG that I play to that standard, because... It, it, they they managed to do it. I wasn't sure if it was just a trope of JRPGs that they all had, you know, side content, tons of it, and that some of it would just be kind of boring and unnecessary. But apparently, it can be done. You can make a giant, you know, dozens of hours long 
JRPG with a fully fleshed out world that has basically no filler content. And that's amazing. Things can get better. Yeah. And like I said... And and also, I was saying that there that I find the villains a little bit less compelling. That's not entirely true. Um, there's you know some big big spoiler stuff I can't talk about that are there. There is a particular point in the game where I my my jaw just dropped. It was one of the most incredible just cutscenes I think I've seen in a video game. Certainly one of, if not the most compelling cutscenes in the Xenoblade series. It oh my god, it it really, really was incredible. And I can't wait for uh you, Blue, when you eventually get to this game, hopefully, uh, to be able to appreciate Within that. Within this decade. Yeah, well when, whenever whenever you I, get to I it. still have I don't know, like sixty more hours to put in the <laughs> Midnight Suns this month, so <laughs> yeah, and when you do get to Xenoblade 2, uh, I've got a couple resources for you that I highly encourage you I, I check will, out before you play the game. because I will, will be coming to you for those whenever I finish. Yeah, because <laughs> it's, it's, I would argue it's, it's a pretty good idea to get some extra external learning before you play that game. Good but. to know. Joe, uh, games. I play Pokemon. Uh, yeah. Which, uh, which one? This I play Violet, Violet? Oh, and nice. also I I also been doing Pokemon Showdown, but I I talked about Violet plenty on the last podcast. Uh, I beat I beat the game. I don't think I really had anything more to add on it. I liked I like the way that they did the ending where they the ending isn't really the uh the gym leader Elite Four like that's not the ending ending, and they 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 did it in a different way, which I think makes sense and is kind mm-hmm. of if this is what they do going forward. They basically, you know, you have the three different pathways, and then there's an ending that sort of ties together those three different pathways, kind of. Like, it's it's more like it makes sense why you have to finish all the other pathways before you do this final thing. And I think that's a good way. One of the things Pokemon has struggled with is, like, having... There's, like, there there's always been multiple narratives in Pokemon games. Like, even from the first one, right? You had the Team Rocket narrative, and you had the Elite Four narrative. Yeah. Like the gym badge, elite four narrative, and um, the climaxes just happen at different points in the video game, and it's kind of weird. So, the, and they fixed it a bit. And they did a good, interesting thing in uh, Gen Five with with N and the way that they had that happen as like, oh, they had the villain team oh, yeah, uh, plotline intersect. Right, and so that put the climax at a place that made sense, but it was also like not something they could do every time. That was not sustainable yeah. um, to do it in other video games. Um, and it, like the the, I feel like the opposite of that is Gen Four, where like you be, you go up, you yeah. save the world from the reality distorting, you know, Pokemon monster, yeah. and then you go and fight the eighth gym yeah. <laughs> with that reality destroying monster on your pokemon team and kind of like this feels weird doesn't it yeah it's yeah. just like all right that whole, was like the saving the world was the side quest the real content go, yeah. is becoming yeah. the pokemon league champion let's they, not forget they made it. sure that you could play with your new toys i appreciate yeah. it <laughs> so 
So I, I like the way the way that they did it in this game. I think, and it seems like this is something that they, maybe they want to do going forward. And I think I think that works. Like obviously that you you keep the gym challenge as like one major plot line. The only thing I would have liked is if the stories intertwined a little bit more during and not just at the end. Oh uh, yeah. Basically, the stories end and then they all come together into one where, and it's more just like characters that are relevant to the other plot lines than are present in the final climax yeah. doesn't yeah. necessarily have much to do with their actual like plot arcs necessarily but um I, but i thought it was good and i'm enjoying the post game i'm enjoying doing the the terror raid battles it's very jank in the multiplayer <laughs> um but Surprise. it is still fun and i think it is better than the dynamax version of the raid battles that they had um i think that it, if, for anything it's just because the incentives are better um, cause you can get an item from the, the hard, uh, terror raid battles that give, that lets you, uh, boost your shiny odds, which, oh, so really? that, make, that makes people want to, want, to, uh, it, it's part, you, you, it's an ingredient for a sandwich that you can make. And then that <laughs> eating that sandwich will increase your shiny odds of a certain type <laughs> of Pokemon. That's really um, silly. Um, and you can also get, uh the items that let you change the Terra type of your Pokemon, mm. um, which has also been interesting. I've been playing Pokemon Showdown, so like online competitive uh, battle simulator that has mm. the terrestrialization. It definitely works better as a mechanic than Dynamaxing. Dynamaxing was like completely broken in any format that wasn't doubles. Um, well, I mean, doubles is the main, the, like, Doubles is the main one, VGC so. format. I yeah. understand why yeah. that might have been. But it was also, like, super centralizing. Like, yep. every battle came explicitly down to how you use Dynamaxing, whereas, like, Terrestrialization is a powerful tool, but it's not like every battle comes down to it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, it's not quite as centralizing, though. It Again, like, every this game in particular, just more generally, like, in Gen 8, Dynamax did feel very balanced specifically for vgc doubles mm -hmm. this time the terrestrialization doesn't feel like it's as much explicitly balanced for vgc doubles exclusively but it it feels like a lot of other pokemon are <laughs> like certain po like there's now pokemon that have certain moves that get more powerful the more pokemon that have fainted right um, yes and it's like if you do six v six singles, it's like completely broken in a lot of people's opinions because you get these incredibly powerful moves. Whereas, like in VGC doubles, there's you're you're only gonna have at most three Pokemon that have been fainted, um, because you play with four. Yeah. You you have you bring a team of six and you pick four. Yeah. Um. So like it's balanced around that to be useful in that situation, and there's also like there's another Pokemon that becomes like really powerful. But you have to switch it out and then switch it back in. So it's weak right. when you first send yes. it out and then you switch Little it out switch it back in. Which, superhero Neos which, Aqua Dolphin, Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah. It's a superhero yeah. dolphin and, and you have to switch it out from its civilian mode to its superhero mode so that no one sees it get changed so it can keep its identity a secret. Which is right. adorable. Wait, is that actually something you have to do? Yeah, it's... Yeah, I mean... Uh, 
Yeah, you have to, you basically, you send it out, and then you have to return it and send it out again, and it'll be because it is so, as strong as a mega it Pokemon. It is so absolutely powerful. That's really silly. Um, but also, which, that's again, funny like, that that's the reason why. In in doubles, like, switching out is doesn't really happen that often, um, and it can be kind of tricky, but... Especially if, like, you're expecting it, right? Because, like, if you see this Pokemon, you know that that's what's going to happen. It's going to be switched out at some point in order to be useful. Um, but in singles, switching happens constantly. So uh, it's very easy for that Pokemon to get its power boost with basically no cost. And so there's just there's lots of little stuff like that. But, I mean, we'll see. Uh, I'm curious. The other interesting mechanic that they've added is that there's now a move that I I only know of two Pokemon that get it. It's a one power point well, yeah. move, so you can only use it once or maybe twice if you use a Lepaberry. And it will revive a Pokemon with half health. Oh, wow. Which, like, completely breaks, like, that's, like, breaks a, almost a fundamental rule of Pokemon, is that once a Pokemon's fainted, it's just gone. Yeah, wow. I haven't seen it, it, I, it I've really only seen it in, like, again, it's not something that works as well for VGC doubles. But it, it, I've seen it. I don't know. It's interesting. I'm not sure it'll be. It's. I think there's a lot of people using it just because of the novelty. I don't know if it'll be useful long term because you kind of the the Pokemon the they gave it cost. to are they're kind of weak. So yeah, yeah, they're not they're not terrible though. Um, they're just not like top tier useful yeah. in the meta. So. So there's there's kind of an opportunity cost associated in terms of like, well, you could just, if you're basically losing a Pokemon slot just so you can revive another one at half health, that slot may be just better for you to have a sixth Pokemon. Yeah. Um. Though the, the, there is one, the, there's two, one is the Pikachu clone that every generation has. The other is a, a really slow bug type, but it can set up Trick Room. So, like, that might actually be useful That's, for Trick Room teams. Uh, Trick Room is the slowest Pokemon go first instead of fastest, right? Yeah, it's, it inverts. So, usually in Pokemon, the Pokemon with the highest speed goes first. Trick Room swaps that, so the slowest Pokemon goes first. But then you also still have priority moves and stuff like that. Um, there's a lot of Trick Room teams in low ladder VGC, I'll tell you that. Um, and I haven't learned all the tricks, the, the Trick Room tricks, because there's so many setups for Trick Room. You have to have an answer for all of them, but a lot of them just rely on you understanding, like, okay, if I see these two Pokemon, these are their insurances to make sure that they can actually set up Trick Room. There's a whole, like, separate Trick Room metagame of, like, trying to get, either trying to make sure that you can use Trick Room or making sure that your opponent can't use Trick Room. Mm. Um, Sometimes people will literally just, like, I've done this on teams, too, where you just bring a Pokemon that's slow and powerful and you're just like all right if they have a trick room team i'm just gonna use my slow and powerful pokemon <laughs> anyway it's been interesting it's been fun i i have to be careful because i could talk about pokemon literally forever <laughs> so maybe we should end the podcast sure i mean i could talk about xenoblade for another hour as well so thank you for listening to this episode of the Cola <laughs> podcast if you liked what you heard, please sure to actually follow us on our actual internet website, actually GameCola.net. I should be more clear. The website name is GameCola.net. The actually was just a running gag for that one sentence. Um, there's also the YouTube channel, uh, which you can find with GC.net or at GameCola. 
because we got that thing working out, and I don't really know how both of those are going to work. But if you pick one of them, if you remember one of them, you should be able to find out. Though if you do use gc.net, that would be the letter G, the letter C, the word dot, the word net. Um, also join us on the Discord. We had two people show up on the Discord. One of them spoke. Uh, but we had what? We had uh, Shandy Bois or Shandy... Yeah, Shandy Bois. Shandy Boys. And, or Boys. Sure. <laughs> uh, Shandy Boys. It's an O-I-S. can't believe you yeah, ruined I, I his fun, James. And uh, B or Bea? B. B. There, I would yeah, think B. B. It could be Bea. No, their profile says it's pronounced yeah. B. Oh. <laughs> she B. This ah. is not depending ah, on well, your regional accent. That, um, that is know. quite well, don't, I, don't I have egg on my face, then, don't <laughs> I? Um, but thanks for joining. I don't know if I'm going to continue doing this, but I've decided to do it for this podcast at least. Um, but come hang out on the Discord. It's fun. Yeah. Um, we've got Facebook and Twitter for as long as those platforms continue to exist. We may have to, we may have to get the Game Cola Tumblr going again. <laughs> I don't know if that's a thing. <laughs> Tumblr is the only website that doesn't seem like it's actively dying right now. So. Isn't there like that Mastodon or whatever? I'm waiting to see if that actually is anything. Yeah. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Just go to the Discord. Like that's where we hang out. Yeah. It's where the, the all the all the latest. You you can stay up to date on the latest game cool. I workshop content. all my best tweets on the Discord anyway. Yep. <laughs> uh, well, thank you for listening to this episode of the Game Cola podcast. Have a wonderful time of day wherever it is, whenever it is you are listening to this podcast and we will talk to you again next month. Goodbye everybody. Bye. Bye. That said, Blue, I still, I literally Googled the name of the, what was it, Satellite Riders? I, that was literally two random words I put together to, because, oh, I thought you were, because Joe told me to. Oh, okay. See, you I thought you were being it. serious, you and I was, I've been tearing my hair out this whole podcast trying to find <laughs> a game called Satellite oh, Riders. Oh, why are we recording this? I was li- I've literally been looking it up in the background of the podcast. I mean, that is hilarious.